Hi, this is Sean Backey from CLNS Radio and the Evening Score Sports Podcast. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to lynda.com. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 4,500 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, or even find a new job or improve upon the current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Now, if you sign up today for the free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com CLNS, You'll get the benefits of unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You'll also get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices, as well as access to new courses added every week. Some of the courses that were recommended for me uh, include analyzing your website to improve SEO, viral marketing, and web analytics fundamentals. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for the free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash CLNS. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. heard that Larry H. Russell has a book? Hey, this is Larry H. Russell here, featured columnist at CLNS Radio and executive producer of the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the web, Celtics Beat, and now author. That's right, author. My debut book, Fall of the Boston Celtics, How Bad Luck, Bad Decisions Brought the Mighty Celtics Empire to Its Knees and Ushered in the Dark Ages, has already been called the definitive account of the infamous doldrum period in Celtics history. You think the Celtics are struggling now? You've got quite a short memory. Get the inside story from executives, general managers, staffs, players, media, fans, you name it, as I take you through a time in which how the Boston Celtics fell from the shining city on the hill and became entrenched in purgatory. And you'll see why. That's Fall of the Boston Celtics, available on clnsradio.com on January 5th. And you can't wait for the release? Well, tweet the hashtag, Fall the Boston Celtics to me, at CLNS underscore LHR. That's hashtag, Fall the Boston Celtics, at CLNS underscore LHR. And we'll pick one lucky follower and hand out a free copy on the January 5th episode of Celtics Beat. And now, on to your regularly scheduled programming. Whoop, whoop! Thank you, Larry! How's that for the sweetest intro this show's ever seen? Ladies and gentlemen, woo, 
My name is Matt Rory. This is Careless Whispers. You're listening to CLNS Radio. My co-host, as always, the one and only Calvin Chamberlain. I was going to say something witty or silly, but it, I don't. I couldn't come up with anything. You got nothing tonight. I was going to say the purple and gold glitter wearing Calvin Chamberlain. Yeah, that wasn't that witty. No, but um, not funny either. Apparently, no, no, but it's okay. You know, I hey, I bomb just as much as anybody on this network, so I really can't judge. Well, but, um, I rolled open with with Linda and LHR. I'll tell you a little more about Linda later, but th- that's going to be it for my LHR discussion tonight. You heard about his book. If you don't have it yet, you probably don't want it because we've been talking about it quite a bit on this on, on these airwaves, and I know he's been pushing it uh, out there. So, doldrums of the Celtics. Anyway, no, I haven't read it. I'm supposed to be pr- pumping this book up, and I'm bashing the topic. Poor guy. I'm sure it's a wonderful read, and anybody that wants to be depressed about their favorite basketball team, go read it. Yeah, I just don't read. Go. Fair. That's a fair point as well. Um, I'm not a well-read man. Well, you're also not on Twitter, but CLNS Radio is at CLNS Radio. I am also on Twitter at Team Green Truth, all one word. And uh, CLNS Radio is on Facebook as well. So if you're not following us yet, just go to clnsradio.com slash Facebook. And you can get all the information about the memo group and the discussion group and all the great stuff that, that uh, Facebook can provide. What? Yeah, I guess that's a I'm thing. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm anyway. sure if somebody wanted to tweet me something at Team Green Truth, I'm sure you'd tell me about it, right? Sure, I'd tell you if somebody if somebody tweeted about you. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Alright, so yeah, if you got something to me, you can also tweet Team Green Truth. Fair, fair enough. As always, you can call us as well at 347-215-7771. And uh, we are going to have Liz Farola on her, doing her topic segment. I don't know. Still no name. But you know who she is. Um, but first, Calvin and I are going to talk about the pretty much Seems to, what seems to be the only thing that's on anybody's mind who's a sports fan uh, lately, especially around here. I can't get away from this story, Calvin. So while I would love to call it a non-story, it is clearly a story. Did you hear that the New England Patriots are playing with balls that are under under underinflated? Uh, I can already see where you're going with this. I I love. I, I feel like you you live for calling things non-stories. By the way, that's that's like your move, your go-to move. If, if it were up to you, you would you would pay attention to no stories. You want to live in a no that's, story that's, world. Yeah, that that could be true. I mean, some things interest me, but the PSI of a football and just the the facts that have surfaced around it don't interest me until they can point the finger at somebody and actually prove who did what. It's all speculation, and I'm not trying to say the Patriots are in it proven guilty because at this point the general public believes that they are guilty until proven innocent and to an extent I kind of believe that as well because they do have a reputation for bending the rules I'm not trying to defend the Patriots in any way I'm just saying that this thing has blown up to proportions that it's not worthy of that's all well look I I understand it depends on it depends on what we're talking about like I've seen some of the reactive uh, articles to this, like how 
you know, like Bill Belichick should be suspended for a year for the Super Bowl or like Yeah, or like know, Mike something. Wilbon wants the entire team to be ejected from the Super Bowl and have the Colts go. Like are you kidding me? That's a joke. Yeah, yeah, the idea that the Colts are gonna be sent to the Super Bowl is ridiculous. What's done is done. But I also don't go so far. I don't go all the way over to the other side of what I'm hearing from a lot of Patriots fans. And you're you're probably hearing a lot of this too, which is like, uh, which is like, oh, like our deflated balls really had something to do with us losing to the Colts. Like we, we beat the Colts 45, seven, like we would have smashed the Colts anyway. We, yeah, that's true. All that is true. But that's beside the point. The big, the bigger point is, even if we want to look at just that, let's just focus on the PSI issue, and then I'll expand outward from there a little bit. Okay? Look, the NFL has a policy, it, it has a range in which footballs are, are legally pumped. It's like 12 to 14 or something, right? I don't have the, the uh, exact number of PSI in front of me. It's, it's, you know 12, it's 12 and a half to 13 and a half, yes. Okay, 12 and a half to 13 and a half. And within that range, sure. Uh, the, the Patriots can, you know, if, if Tom Brady prefers a softer football, then, you know, set them all at 12 and a half. I don't know, like, how far below, uh, excuse me, the legal PSI, all 11 of those footballs uh, were, but certainly they were significantly below, right? I mean, I, I doubt if they were just one notch. or Right. From I, from what I've seen, they were... They were two. They were two pounds per square inch below. So if they were at thirteen and a half psi, then they would be at eleven and a half psi. Or I, I guess maybe the way you could right. look at it yeah. is that they, they were two all they were all at, at ten. Right at at, at ten and right. a half. I'm I'm not really sure. But so say that eleven out of twelve were at ten and a half. Assume that for your argument here. I guess. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's just assume that. But, I mean, but the the point is, is that that's significant enough. To where you you can't and the fact that eleven out of the twelve were below and they inspected all the Colts footballs as well and all of the Colts footballs were good all all twelve of their footballs were fine. But right. You can we can we can haggle over who was directly responsible. Maybe maybe it was Belichick. Maybe it was Brady. Uh, a lot of speculation is in, in Brady that Brady likes a softer thrown football. Um, certainly the Patriots have an offense. You know, they run a, a variation of a West Coast offense where uh, I could see the advantage of throwing. You know, Tom Brady throws a lot of slants, quick passes, but I could see the advantage of having a softer football as opposed to, you know, Andrew Luck, who probably wants to try to get the ball downfield and, and throw. You know, this is just, but here's the thing. None of that matters because we're just analyzing this specific game. The Colts complained about, about the football's, uh, being underinflated to the NFL when they played the Patriots, well, you know, way back when, what week nine or whatever. Who like right. week, the, week the eleven? That's that's when okay. it st- when it all started. That's when they started being tipped off to it because uh, I guess they they had two interceptions in that game, so that they got right. their hands on the ball a little bit and they realized that that things seemed to be soft. And that's when they first made it made it clear within their organization, I guess that. They had a there was a problem with this, so the NFL was aware of it too because they, they I believe they lodged a complaint to the NFL back then as well, and they never really looked into it until this this, until this game, game this right. situation right now. So, uh, so I, I, that, that's that, that leads that sort of feeds my non-story if you ask me because why didn't the NFL do something about it before? The NFL has had instances about this before, and they've just sort of 
reprimanded and scolded teams to not do this and and not uh, come down hard on them. So I know we're not talking about punishments yet or anything like that, but uh, I just yeah, I feel we- like if they if they've turned a turned a, the shoulder and not done a full on investigation or turned their their head and not done a full on investigation in the past or in the regular season, doing it now I feel is kind of feeding into this overall notion that the the consequences are different for the New England Patriots. And maybe that's because of their past, but at the same time, I, I feel like with this rule, which seems to be a little bit insignificant, as especially as far as the outcome of a, a game in general is concerned, uh, I, I I feel like it's it, it shouldn't like it, it shouldn't be this whole big investigation thing. It should be just did are they deflated? Yes, they are. Did we tell them not to do that again? Yes, we did. That and that's what it was in the in the, in the regular season. So why isn't it like that now? Well, I mean, I, you turn that argument on its head. One, let's say let's say that they they found that they were underinflated. Uh, it, it seems that the NFL really didn't investigate it back then. But let's say they did under the table. Remember, the NFL was going through uh, a lot of controversy at the time. Maybe the NFL wanted to protect the Patriots. They didn't. They didn't want that to be become a big deal back in Week Eleven. That's one of your so conspiracies the there too, yeah. Bob Kraft. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're going if you're going that way, yeah, you can go the other way with that. Maybe they went to them and said, "Hey, you guys really have to inflate the footballs. We're not going to we're not going to do we're not going to do anything about it. You guys are one of our marquee teams." Uh, it's not that big a deal, but it is a it is a rule breaking. So it is a, a violation of the rules. So from now on, make sure your your footballs are properly inflated. But either way, like either, whether, whether they did that or not, maybe they just brushed it under the table. They didn't investigate it. They thought, oh, nothing will come of this. But at the point in which the Colts played them again, and the foot and the footballs were found to be underinflated again, they realized that the story was going to get out, and they had to do something about it. I mean, obviously, there's, there's going to be sounds, more media. Sounds community. plausible to me. Now, now I, I think that that to me is an NFL issue. We can we can talk about that because because I don't you know that you can't just isolate it to this. Oh yeah, they would have beaten the Colts anyway, beaten forty five seven. Of course they would. But you know who they played last week? Baltimore. And they, they they you know barely lost to Baltimore in a, in a hail mary in in the last second of, of a game that was you know close all the way through. Are we to believe that they had yeah. the policy for the Colts? And, and you know what? Yeah, but you know what? Go, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Let me get through this side of me. Yeah. And then they properly inflated the balls for seven weeks, and then they deflated the balls again while they played at the Colts. That's that's pretty unlikely, right? If if they if they if, right. if they've already showed a policy of keeping the ball deflated, whether the NFL uh did enough about it in the first in the first place. It is, it is a rule violation that they've been getting away with this this whole time, right? You don't you don't you don't believe that this is like a oh just a two time offense the two times we no. played the Colts, right? No, certainly not. Certainly not. But right. but but the thing like that what I was about to say is that uh, Harbaugh was interviewed the other day about this and he was asked about it and he was basically he wrote it off and said I don't really care. And no, we didn't notice any difference with the footballs in the game the week before. So whether they didn't get their hands on it well enough, and they just—they I don't think they had any interceptions or anything in that game. Uh, but so whether they just didn't realize it or what, but uh, maybe maybe it is a, a just a two-time thing. Maybe Bill Belichick has something that he just wants to stick it to the Colts somehow. I'm not so sure. Maybe there's something behind it because. It seems like the things that he chooses to break the rules on, 
are there are there things that are not necessary for this team to win. Even Spygate, I, I feel like is is relatively unnecessary to do in order to gain a competitive advantage. Sure, you know you may know what your what the opponent is running. Uh, you may be able to find a weakness in that in that spot, but you still have to go out and execute it. And while that is much more of a competitive advantage than this this uh, inflating, deflating gate, whatever you want to call it. I hate calling it deflate gate because it's just a. It's, it's I, so I like stupid. the fuck out of you a lot better. Fuck out of you. Oh, that's that's awful too. It's just just no. Fuck uh, out of you. It, I, you're right. Why do we need to have a name for all this crap? Just just talk about the thing that's going on. Why do you have to ha- to label it something? I labels. Ah, just it's stupid. Um. Let's just call this show just a random bunch of crap instead of careless whispers. That's what we should call it. Catchy. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what my point is anymore. I just I, I feel like it, this thing is blown up and the Patriots got caught doing something that they weren't supposed to do. People are calling for the death penalty, essentially. Some people, some prominent television and writing personalities, Michael Wilbon, not doesn't show, I'm sure. But if any of you people that know Michael Wilbon listen to the show, tell him I think he sucks. I used to have some respect for this guy, but to go out and call for the Patriots to be removed from the Super Bowl is one of the most outrageous and unwarranted punishment I've ever heard of in sports. So I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I don't agree with that, and I definitely think what's done is done. You know, they, they got away with it at the time. I, will, I wonder what would have happened if, like, I guess nothing, because they they basically did uh, determine that the balls were underinflated during the game, and then they they rectified it. That was not really a punishment. I'm just thinking, like, what if now, what if a team what if team was caught doing some sort of cheating in game? Yeah, I don't I don't know what they would do about that. I don't know if they would. But, Say something or like put points on the board. What are you going to do? What do you finish the game at the half and give the Colts the victory? Something like that. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But I. I just. I feel like the way the way things are going here, people are just looking for an excuse to take credit away from the New England Patriots. And sometimes Belichick makes it easy. So another point I wanted to ask you about. Not maybe it is a, a one or two time thing, and they're not doing it consistently as well. In this regard, I, I don't know. I don't think the game uh, week eleven had weather issues, but maybe Brady prefers the ball to be underinflated if it's not going to be as easy to grip. If it's slick, maybe on a fine, a nice, humid day or a nice, uh, clear day in the 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 middle of uh, October in Miami. He uses a regularly uh, inflated football. Maybe it's because of the weather. And people are saying, oh, it's because of the weather. That's why the PSI went down. No, maybe it's because of the weather that the Patriots made the PSI go down on purpose. So maybe it is only a one or two time thing. What do you think about that? I mean, that's theoretically possible, but that's but that's beside the point. You know what I mean? There's still... It's still ultimately... like It seems like it's like you are trying to shift blame away from the Patriots here and be like, well, this is just people looking for something. I'm I'm not trying to shift blame away from the Patriots, but yes, it is people looking for something to complain about against the Patriots. Uh, 
because that's just what the general the general public seems to do when it comes to this this team and this franchise. I think my, okay. one of my buddies, my one of my buddies, said it best as far as I'm concerned earlier uh, on an email thread. He basically just said that when the Patriots do something wrong or they're not winning, people are are first to say, "Oh, look at them! They're not they're not good at all. They suck. They're doing terrible." But when they do win, they, they always need to point to something that they believe to be cheating. A fr- another friend of ours had had up until this point been complaining that the uh, formation and the eligible receiver plays that they're running against Baltimore was Bush league football. And it's, uh, and he's saying that, they, and he, that's what he's pointing out and nitpicking on that saying that they're not, they're not a legitimate franchise team because of that. He's a giants fan, by the way. Well, so maybe you can relate good. to him. I'm, I don't know. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because Harbaugh complained, uh, about the, about the formation, uh, which, yeah, you. you I, can, I can see an argument for why that's, that's Bush League, but uh, because it, it had to do with uh, with a, a, the, the Ravens like not being not being told quickly enough that a guy is is ineligible, and so they they weren't able to get their formation in line in time. But in that case, that play was technically legal. The pay, now it, does it does it go? I, I understand Harbaugh's complaint because did it go along with the spirit? Of of what the NFL rulebook wants teams to do, no, probably maybe not. Maybe not, but yeah, but but Belichick was smart enough to find a loophole in, in the NFL rulebook and, and yeah, and exploit it. So that was legal, which is why even though Harbaugh complained about it, it wasn't really a story. People just kind of brushed it off, except for those two, the, the few people here and there who wanted to complain about the Patriots. Yeah. But I, I think that like just looking at it, like oh, you know, NFL fans all want to go after the Patriots. Maybe that's true, and maybe it isn't. But it's not—it's not really relevant here because, in this case, like the the rule violation was such that it required an NFL investigation into it. You know, I don't. This wouldn't be a story today okay. if they didn't investigate I w- and find I will ad- a violation of the rule. I I will admit that uh, while it seems to be rampant in the NFL, and I'm sure every team does it, they wouldn't be really investigating a multiple time complaint against a specific team or that it was a specifically egregious instance. And I think two PSI, two pounds PSI uh, and 11 out of 12 game balls is kind of egregious. If that's the case, I'm sure if it's rampant in the NFL, it's not every ball, it's not every game and it's not every team, but teams are practicing it much like pitchers in baseball doctor, the ball up, people are comparing it to that. I don't think it's as bad as that, but it seems it, as there's definitely some sort of a discrepancy between quarterbacks and what they prefer in a, in a right and like steroid use might be I mean this is it, the degree is not a valid analogy but like steroid use might be totally rampant in baseball but still every time somebody gets caught using steroids you have to respond appropriately you know what I mean like a guy's not being railroaded when he gets caught and I guess that's, that's what I'm getting at here is like the Patriots. The Patriots were cheating, and they got caught. Like the idea of that being railroaded by anybody to me is it's laughable because, like maybe there's maybe there's another ten teams doing the exact same thing the Patriots are doing, and maybe this will cause the NFL to look into those teams more. But the fact of the matter is, it's like the Patriots were the team that got caught. We don't have any evidence that any other team is doing this. Okay. We have evidence that one team is doing this, and I, I think for the NFL to just pretend it didn't happen 
the, you know what I mean? That would be a, a, they can't. a No, I know. Fine. Fair enough. I still think that the uh, general reaction to this thing has been completely unwarranted. Let's see what Mad Dog up in Maine thinks about it because he just pressed one after calling 347-215-7771. And uh, he was listening for a while. We must have said something that got him going. Mad Dog, welcome back to Careless Whispers, sir. It's been a while. Thank you. Um, I, I really, um, uh, I, I can understand if, if you guys want to talk about, I actually wanted to get into the Celtics, um, um, if, okay, um, if you guys don't mind switching gears real quick. No, we don't mind. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to, um, say one thing about this. There is a report that, uh, out now that Brad Johnson paid, um, $7,500 before the, Super Bowl back in 2003, I believe it was, um, to um, to to have those ball, balls altered. And Aaron Rodgers um, came out and said the same the same thing that he alters his old ball. This is just a this is just a thing thing just to sort of make no make noise. I have make noise. Go on, I have, I have to correct you because it, Aaron, uh, you're right about the Brad Johnson thing, but Aaron Rodgers came out and said the opposite. That he, he that he wants his balls uh, inflated to regulation, and he talked about how there's other quarterbacks who are on the other side. He Aaron Rodgers. No, I thought he, I thought the Aaron Rodgers thing was over inflating, not regulation inflating. I thought that he really pumped those things up past the thirteen and a half. Yeah, no, that's what he said. He, no, he, he, I I heard the interview with him. He said that uh, that a lot of guys like them underinflated, but he he likes them. Like properly inflated, basically that he likes. To ah. So yeah. the the headline makers and the uh, the talk show hosts around here in Boston are misleading the public. Everybody should listen uh, to this show and get the truth. Hey, well, there was, well, 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 there was. Well, um, if you go back and listen to the audio by Jim Nance and Phil Sims, they actually talk about how. Aaron Rodgers likes the balls over inflated. It was on the it was on the Felger and Mad show yesterday. They played the exact oh, there you are, Calvin. That's audio. It, but that's not audio that's level. not from the source though, Mad Doug. That's not from Aaron Rodgers. That's from uh, Jim Nance and Phil Sims. So I, I guess Calvin, if you trust Phil Sims, there you go. But um, but yeah. So I just wanted to sort of um yeah I, I, I sort of got into it a little bit on the um, post game show um. The other night, uh, and and Calvin was was on that show. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sort of um, reiterate some of the same the the, the same stuff to to um to um you Rory and you Calvin again is that on this West Coast trip we're obviously looking at a situation where where the Celtics may come out of this um as an as another Ulfer trip. On the West Coast, which would leave them at thirteen and thirty, or thirteen and thirty-one, I think it would be. So, just just some questions: Is what direction do you do you think that this team is headed? What is their what is their whole motive by doing what they're doing? Is it to tank? Because Calvin made a good point the other night in is that they're picking up these veterans and immediately buying them out or attempting to buy them out. And and um, just uh, just talking to Scotty and, and people off the air, I understand what he's saying about about um, 
the collecting assets to to trade and and to save cap space. But there's a couple problems with that. Is is, is that there's not a KG and Ray Allen that you're going to trade for out there. You, you don't have that now. Um, this is this is not a this is not a one year fix. Let me just jump in quickly. It's not it's not okay. a next year he's going to go trade for something. I don't think he's building up assets and draft picks for the next three or four years. Mad Doug, but continue, please. Okay, well, yes, and and just um, it, it, and, and yeah, I understand that. And then the it, it, yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's about it's it, it's about. Finding the the right guys out there, I just don't see uh, see the right guys. I wasn't necessarily saying it, w- it was a one year year. No, um, fix, no, but, but but that's that's what a lot of people look at it as, though. Dan- they say, "Oh, Danny Ainge is building up all these assets. He must be getting ready to, to pull the trigger." And I did believe that when the assets were Rondo and Jeff Green and guys that could maybe bring in some talent or a, a better situation than what he's sort of created here. But now it sort of looks to me as though we're trying to find a couple of young guys that he can that go with, and that's going to be Marcus Smart, uh, James Young, and we're, I guess I'm looking at Jared Sollinger and Avery Bradley. And, and I even feel that Bradley is a trade chip for Danny Ainge as well. I, I think that he is not looking to hold on to, to Avery Bradley, but that's purely speculation on my part. But just looking at this roster makes me want to puke at this point. It's This thing, this thing is not Im- that impressive, so... Yes, I believe that Danny Ainge is taking the tanking approach because now that he's traded for all these future assets and all these draft picks, he's got to make them look good somehow if he wants to go on a deal to bring back a player that is legitimate and can make this team contender again. Uh, I'm really star- I'm, I'm I feel like I'm on the biggest roller coaster in the world with this team and I hate roller coasters because my opinion changes week to week with this team and I'm starting to get pretty fed up again, and I just don't like the way it's going. Well, it, it, no, but it just, um, it just, it, it, and and again, yes, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to sell, sell, sell some guys, and some people are pointing out, well, Kevin Durant's free agent next summer. There's only two places that Kevin Durant's going: it's either back to Oklahoma City or to Washington. Even if you even believe, if you even believe that, but but just. Looking at some of the assets that that he that he has collected, and some of them are not that even that valuable. They, people say all oh, all oh, the first round picks from Philadelphia and, for, and from Minnesota they are protected and and they're um, going to be turning into um, second rounders um, starting um, starting next year. If assuming that Gross. assuming that um, they don't. They, Assuming that Philadelphia and Minnesota are are in the lottery next year, which is which is probable that they're going to be, but just for all these pe- pe- people, and I'm going to leave you guys with, with two questions here, and I'll, I'll make this quick. Just um, for 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 the tanking approach, which I think that everybody's beginning to look at, um, that that is what's going. Going on here, and obviously you look at the draft this year. It's very big man oriented with with Gio Okafor at the top, and, and then Miles Turner, and you go down the list. Um, Gio Okafor looks like the the undisputed number one prospect right now, which teams are looking at. But my big question is, if this was the if this was the uh, the approach, and I'll leave you guys with this: 
Why didn't they trade Green and Rondo before the year and try to just throw it just throw away this year completely if they're gonna if they're gonna do that? Because now if that was their approach, you have teams like Philadelphia in New York and um, Minnesota and in Utah that 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 are way ahead of you on this. And I, I understand that at the draft lottery can can you can work in any way. You saw that the Cle- that Cleveland got up with, with the ninth best odds, but that's what I'm wondering. Why why did Danny Ainge wait wait all this time if if he was gonna if, if he was if he's in fact going down this road, which is looking looking like like he is? Why didn't he he trade Rondo and Green in the off season and just and just completely? Um, th- um, th- um, throw away this year, and and really, and I'll, I'll just point, I'll just point this out. My last thing, he 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 has collected as far as 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 a draft pick, as far as all these trades, he's collected one valuable draft pick in in all these trades, and that's the Nets pick um, next year, which is unprotected, which looks like which looks like a gem. The way that that franchise, oh, he's got his own picks. He's got his he's got his own picks, Mad Dog. He has the Celtics picks. Yeah. Yes, but I'm talking about about the ones. But that's my question to you. Why? Why, if if he was going to this whole tanking mode, did did he not get get um rid of these two before the year? And I'll leave you guys with that. Let's go. Let's go, Celtics. And I hope that the Patriots use this motivation to go out there and clobber the Seattle Seahawks. And I'll leave you guys with that. Right, Peace out. All right, man. Well, I think that- Calvin. I don't. I don't think he was going for the for tanking mode at the beginning of the season. No, I well, I I don't completely think that. No, but but see, there's two there's two schools of thought. One is that he thought the team that would be better than it was that like the young guys would be ready to take another step, which clearly they weren't, and maybe that they would be in, you know a, a playoff contender in the East. Maybe he could already move forward uh, with that team. And with in the case of Rondo, uh, you know, hold on to Rondo because again he was coming off the injury. He, but what I think it was is that he overvalued his assets. Like he thought he could get more for Rondo. He held on to him, trying to play poker with him, trying to play poker with Green. And he, with Green, it was successful with Rondo uh, a little less so. He ended up having, he he felt the deadline coming up, you know, coming up behind him. Rondo was going to have to move one way or another. We've been talking about it for years now. He felt that pressure, and he saw what he could get for Rondo, and he ended up having to pull the trigger on that. His value wasn't going to go any higher at that point, but I think that he was more just looking at value for the future rather than what the effect would be on this year's team because he you know, was riding off this season anyway. Yeah, and I think if you're talking about the off season prior to this year, then he definitely wasn't looking at a tank mode. He wasn't looking at a draft pick, a high lottery pick. He was trying to build a team that he thought was going to contend, like you said, and or trade for or lure a, a big name. He, Kevin Love, trade for Kevin Love was, was uh, I think, the, the plan. And looking at Cleveland and that situation right now, maybe that wasn't the best plan either. So maybe regardless of what, what through for him or what had come through for him, it was not going to be a good situation in Boston this year. And that's kind of the way that I'm starting to look at it now. But the way that he's gotten rid of his other assets, Rondo and Green, I feel as though it's it's just looking like more and more years of mediocrity and uh, or at best, I should say, and, and just bad basketball around here. 
uh, unless this team can find a way to, to to turn it around this year and prove me wrong, I just don't see it happening. It's 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 really frustrating, Calvin. Let's get back to football, will you? Because we bash the Patriots. I want to bash somebody else. Okay, I mean, I have a, I have a few more thoughts on on the uh, deflate thing. If you if you unless you're done okay. with it. And- no, go ahead. Okay, I, mean, I, I can also give a few more thoughts on Celtics, but you sound like you're definitely done with that, so I'll, I'll move on. Um, yeah, so what? You know, the question to me about it's, the play change is something that we already It's Super Bowl week. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Two problems. One, one, now the Patriots, and you know whether it was their coaching staff or Bradley, Brady or whoever, somebody associated with the, with the Patriots, has now been caught cheating on in two different ways on two separate occasions. Now, neither one of these, you're right, is inherently a big deal in and of itself. But the, the problem with it is, is now it, it shows a pattern. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I, I have the sign in my head, like, what are they getting away with cheating in, like, ten other different ways? And it doesn't matter until you get caught. But it still creates this aura around them of, of, of suspicion. And you can say that's unfair, but it's really them bringing it on themselves. Because you look at every if, – if we had examples of every other NFL team getting caught cheating, then sure. But even – but what else, what else is there other than these two incidents? Like, well, Bounty Gate, well, Bounty people, Gate was technically people, not cheating. Like, what so what now people are – I'm sorry. People are people around here are starting to joke and and say, "Oh, the Patriots should, should do something, uh, something else. They should put uh, they should turn the the football into something easier to hold, or they should, without anybody knowing, they should uh, make the the field underneath. I'm just making these up now. Underneath the field, they should put something so that uh, the the ball." Or it bounces higher, and they the, their players know where it is, but the opponent doesn't know, and all this crap. So they're like going to extremes and saying, "This is what the Patriots should do now," making light of the fact that they're they're kind of labeled as this this, this cheating franchise. And I don't think that's the way to go about it either, because I mean, you have to acknowledge the fact that they've that they've been caught for things that are looked upon as cheating now multiple times. So the reputation follows them and they've had the finger pointed at them in the past. So I understand why there's a little bit of an uproar over this and people are kind of enraged, but not to the point that it's gotten. And that's just the way I'm going to think about the whole thing probably until there's some legitimate proof that they did it on purpose, which we, we just have to assume that at this point. Are you skeptical and, about that? Uh, I'm I'm skeptical that that I'm skeptical that they they did it on per, like that. Tom, let's say that Tom Brady and Jack were to do this thing. I feel like it's possible that that somebody within the organization just acted without Brady or without uh, Belichick knowing about it, uh, without any of the higher executives knowing about it, it's possible. But, you know, the outcome of the game is, and in general, even if it's a close game, what is it? Is the ball going to bounce higher and the Patriots get a fumble? Is it going to... It just, it seems like it's so insignificant in the general scheme of football that we've just wasted 40 minutes talking about it. Well, but but okay. So, but if that's if that's the argument, then would 
like, it, are you saying that uh, if I if I came up with twenty other examples, now I feel like I I should have prepared a list game. Like if I came up with you a, a bunch of examples of like, what if the Patriots did this thing that only affected the game slightly? You know what I mean? What if they did this thing? But but really, what if they are doing ten other things that own ten other little things that only affect the game slightly? Should Probably should we just not really care about? Yeah, but what if they are doing ten things, ten more things than any other team is doing? You know what I mean? Like. Because because the counter to that is oh well, the other teams are probably getting away with things too, but we don't know that we don't have other teams don't get caught doing things. There's a team that's now gotten caught twice. Like I think that's that has to be that has to be relevant on a certain and maybe it's just their bad luck, maybe. But like we can only go off the facts that we know. You know, yeah, sure. Are these are these small things? Sure, but like at what point there has to be a point where like they add up or. To, sure. have to affect the way that I feel about this. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're under a microscope, you know. But every but the NFL though, I don't I don't buy that argument because every team in the NFL okay. is under a microscope. Yeah, I don't know about that. I feel like they they tend they they choose to turn a blind eye to certain teams. So what here is that maybe they did do that and now they are they are forced because the stories out there and they have to protect the shield and protect their image. Uh, this is this is part of the reason that I am so totally just. I don't even care about the NFL at this point. I don't know why. I, I, even, I just I just don't I just don't care. You know I just don't care. Yeah, I know. I hate I hate that you don't care. She really, I know. really ruined our season. Uh, I ruined careless yeah, but- football season, folks. I, I ruined it. Yeah. Your fiesta. <laughs> yeah, I Kraft is one of the owners that Cadell is closer to. I just don't buy that they're they're this you know uh, Christ like figure of a team that's just just being unfairly persecuted by the NFL. And if that's the case, they should probably you know have investigators look into other teams. I looked into that Aaron Rodgers quote, by the way. Uh, what it was is Rodgers was saying that he believes there should be no limit on on inflation. But not, not mm. that he has ever inflated any of his balls. It's just he he believes that that a ball being inflated more doesn't affect the game, but a, but like deflating a ball does affect does affect the way it's being it. fed. Yeah. So, Got it. Okay, Calvin. Uh, well, um, what do you what do you say we spend time on uh, the actual game that's going to happen in in a couple weeks? Or do that another time. Uh, I mean, we we. We could do it next week, but real quick, then, what do you think the punishment should be? I'm sorry, I I, I know you're trying to get off this topic. What do you What do you think the punishment um, should be? Give him a give him a fine, a small fine, a late round draft pick. Do it that way, because you know what? If you are going to get to the point where they keep doing little things like this, and uh, you're getting tired of it, and you don't want them to bend and break the rules anymore, you have to do something that they are not going to like. Small fine, they probably don't care. Uh, I have a feeling that the draft pick would hurt Belichick at his core. So that if you if you make that harsh enough, maybe he'll stop doing little things like this. But you know what? At the same time, I, if he's enough to think that he's above everybody and that he's the one that should be doing. Listen, I sort of look at, and I'm guilty of this as well. Looking at people uh, that show up to work late. Because they, for whatever reason, they think that they're entitled to show up to work late. 
and every day they show up to work late and they and I you know, I don't know why I do this. Maybe I don't feel like waking up at 7:30 a.m. Uh, or before 7 a.m. or whatever to get to work by 8 or 8:30. Uh, I'd rather get up at 7:30 or 7:45 or 8 o'clock. Okay, and I get my job done right. So maybe he's arrogant arrogant enough to think that that he can just go about doing these things and it won't matter. So maybe the punishment is not going to affect him, but you have to at least attempt that, right? Right. Something. I would go a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I would go with a with a heavier fine and a higher draft pick personally because I don't I don't think he's going to care about a late draft pick and a small fine. But no. Um, yeah, I I don't think yeah any suspension of the Super Bowl now, and frankly, I don't I don't think people should completely sh- shine away from the notion that. That this tape is because I think the only thing that he cares about is his legacy. So I do. Do I think that like the NFL should should like take wins away or like affect you know change anything that happens on the field? No, but I but I think it should be, you know, at, at least it's the way when people talk about him, it should be an asterisk spoken about him a little bit. You know what I mean? Try to try to you know make him make him understand what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. What sure. I'm well, you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing what the punishment is. Can't wait. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna shake things up. We just spent 45 minutes on uh, New England Patriots and Deflategate minus five or ten minutes about some Celtics stuff there. Ask the Seattle Seahawks for just just a minute or two because they are the the Patriots opponent in the Super Bowl, and we'll do a show next week and talk more about the Super Bowl because it's not this weekend; it's next weekend. Uh, so let's let. Let's rag on Seattle for three minutes as opposed to 40. Did you see the tweet? Actually, I know you saw it because you told me about it. Seattle sent out a tweet, which they subsequently apologized for, uh, regarding Martin Luther King Day and the fact that Russell Wilson was crying after the game uh, in the prayer circle, in the press conference, just anywhere on the field. He was crying emotional. Would you care to take it from there? I'm, I'm sorry, you're cutting out on me a little bit, Rory. Can you say that again? Oh, great. I said, would you yeah. care to take it from there? Oh, well, yeah. It, like you said, it was a picture of him crying. Uh, the caption read, we shall overcome. Uh, and then there was, a, there was a longer quote from Martin Luther King in the hashtag MLK Day underneath it. Like you said, they hastily apologized. Uh, they deleted the tweet and said that it was poor judgment. But one, one like why would you even tweet out a crying picture of Russell Wilson? Like, and number two, like yes, the idea is that, like that like winning a football game. First of all, Russell Wilson threw four interceptions in that game. So like, is he is he overcoming himself his own poor play? I don't know. I don't know if you, you saw this too on the side where. Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson blamed God for, for his four interceptions. That's kind uh-huh. of interesting. But, uh, well, he credits God for everything, so, I mean, I guess you got to blame him yeah. for everything, too, right? Well, somebody asked him, like, like why, you know, what happened with those interceptions, and he just said, you know, God put me in this uh, in, in that position to have to come back, and I did it. So, uh, he, the Martin Luther King quote was, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. 
with the muscles and just crying. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I, like, we shall overcome part, though. I think that's the part that bothers me even more than the, the MLK quote. Because it's like... It's, you get, oh, that was the worst part of it. Yeah. The, the Seahawks struggle to overcome Russell Wilson's bad start with, like, the struggle of, of African-American civil rights in, in this country. Like, that's right, so ridiculous. Right, totally equal. Those are, those, are, those are totally equal things right there. And I'm somebody who, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, far from the most political correct, politically correct person in the world. Like, I... I believe people should be able to say whatever they want, even in this case. Hey, man, like, if, they're, if they're listening to this show and they're offended by something you're about to say, then save the show. No, I'm just saying, like, how do you not know, man? Like, how how, like, what, how do you have the, the like, ability to, you know, run a team's Twitter account in 2015 and think that you're going to so, be able to get away? I'm curious about things like this. That's to say. I'm curious about things like this because uh, I feel like there are mistakes for from organizations like this all the time, especially in the NFL. The Patriots have had their, we talked about it on this show before with their and their Twitter accounts. Maybe they're they just they don't care enough. Maybe they just don't employ people that are going to check their tweets and and really know what be sending out or not. Maybe that's just not on their agenda to care about at this point, social media. Maybe it's not a big thing. But if that's the way they look at it, then they're they're probably looking at it the wrong way because as inept as I am on social media, uh, they are multi-billion dollar corporations and franchises. They should be able to figure this stuff out easily, right? Well, what I think it is, is like all these teams PR one they probably just have one guy or one girl running the Twitter account because, you know, you have to send out, like, if you're a team, you have to send out, maybe you have somebody, like, helping you think of jokes or something, but they, they send out a lot of tweets. They have to react quickly to things. Sure. It's, just, it's just better to be small in that situation and speak. And so when you start out, like, you pro- that person probably doesn't run all their tweets uh, by somebody else for approval, <laughs> or maybe, maybe they do, but <laughs> you can see when it's one person reacting to something, like, maybe they think, maybe, because, we're, you know, we're, we all have, like, a bubble around something, right? Like, there's always something where, like, you have a blind spot and you don't necessarily see, sure. uh, like, why people are going to react negatively about something. So maybe that's the case. Maybe it's, you know, a, a diehard Seahawks fan probably had run their Twitter account, said, oh, I'm okay tomorrow, I'll tie that in. And he's not even thinking about, like, what the reaction might be. Yeah, and you know what? There are probably a lot of people out there that uh, wouldn't even think that it's a big deal, or that would support them for saying that. And I mean, as it was, there are there on the screenshot I'm seeing, there were 500 retweets and 835 favorites. How many of those were looking at it and saying, "Yeah, I agree with this post," and how many of them, uh, "Wow, look at this post; it's totally foolish." You know what I mean? So you can't really tell. It's just somebody's they're in the twitter sphere or they're saying i this is i really like, like this post but they could mean they could be thinking about it from either extreme you have no idea yeah i think you know when it comes to fandom like when you get wrapped up in, in the experiences with your own team you kind of lose perspective on 
you know, what, what the world is going to think about something you might say. I think we're good on that, right? All right. We are good on that. 40 minutes about the Patriots and three minutes about the Seahawks. That's what it should be. That's what Super Bowl is going to be as well. Um, Calling in there. I, that's, I mean, I hope that the time of possession is at 40 minutes for the Patriots. That would be nice, huh? 40 minutes to three minutes. So if it's well, 17 I, I, minutes. I, yeah, 17 minutes of that, just uh, the ball just in the air, suspended in the <laughs> air, because the Patriots are going to find a way to keep it up there uh, that nobody knows about, and that's going to happen. There you go. That's their new cheating scandal right there. 17, 17 minutes, minutes of, football of the football suspended. Some yes, David Copperfield shit. Anyway, oh, um, yes, I, on purpose. I I, I planned that one. I, I've been waiting to drop that one. How about that? Um, right before the 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 time that I tell you guys to go check out the Garden Report because that's some good shit too. Uh, Jared Weiss does a really good job. In all seriousness, uh, he does it after every home home Boston Celtics game. And he's got a lot of great interviews with players and opposing players. He did, he did a great interview with Jimmy Butler uh, when the Bulls were in town. So checking out after every Celtics home game. I know the Celtics aren't home until the 30th against the Rockets, but he'll be there uh, for that one. Maybe he can get some good stuff from Dwight Howard. Who knows? Check it out on youtube.com slash CLNS radio. And please subscribe there as well. It's in HD. It's wonderful. Go check it out. Speaking of being an HD and wonderful, do you know what our next uh, segment is, Calvin? Uh, is it Liz? That <laughs> is a good guess, sir. That is a very good <laughs> guess. It is Liz. And another way to know that it's Liz is... This is the story of a girl. No, that's not it. That's not it. Damn it. Hey, no, that is it. Do I not on here? No, on. that wasn't it. Nope, you're lying. I oh, I found it. That's right. Yeah. Johnny Resnick, everybody. Is that what his name is? Liz, welcome to Careless Whispers. Right. You're you're being very edgy tonight with your language. Thank you. Just I appreciate it around. that. Thanks. Um, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Hey. Um, how's it going with you? I have... Things are good with me. Thanks. Um, change the rating couple... on this one. Liz is what? here. I said change <laughs> the rating on this one. Liz is here. <laughs> I, always, I always rate it as high as possible because it's such good entertainment value, this, this <laughs> podcast. Um, okay, so I have a couple of stories. One I was just reading about Louis developing, Louis C.K., that is, is developing a new show with um, Pamela Adlon, who is his wife on the original Louis. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think ah, that would be I like her. really good. Yeah, yeah. Very really interesting. Together. Um, I just read that. That's why I'm sharing that. But um, I was reading a story about in the UK, um, a third of divorces in, in the UK are because of Facebook. That's like the new stat that's out. Because like they stalk their spouse on Facebook or something and they're like, I'm whoa, a, you're doing I'm this. A, I'm assuming that's what it is because it said that it's been cited in a third of divorces in the past year um, because they're it, 
it gives like irrefutable evidence of infidelity. What I'm saying. I, I bet you a lot of those divorces are because people like leave too many status updates on Facebook. You know what I mean? Right. Their spouses just realize they're a terrible person because you ever have that one Facebook friend who like just wants to tell you where they're at all the time? Like, right. oh, I'm at Joe's Sandwich Shop and now I'm at uh, I'm with I'm at Volvo's Ice Cream Shop. Like that's that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, now I'm now I'm up in uh, now I'm up at the uh, the beach up in the lake house or something, right, Liz? Where yeah. did where did Pearl go that night? What? Where did Joey go when he when he like disappeared <laughs> he and then all of a sudden he was the, at this lake the next in, within like three hours or something? Yeah, we to- we totally have a friend who like will say that he's not available or will like not actually he never says he's unavailable. We'll like make plans and then we'll post <laughs> Facebook that he's somewhere else. That's the way it is, though. Not very. Yeah, and then you're like, "Yo, why aren't you here, man?" And and he just won't respond to you. And then you'll see his (laughs) Facebook post. Well, I won't, but she will. Yeah, no response. I also I was thinking about it today that like I have I'm friends with someone on Facebook who will post things and and will be like, "Who's gonna buy this thing for me?" And they'll post like some random thing they want to buy. There's like that Facebook person too. Yeah, and, and then, then there's, there's like the, there's the Facebook, Facebook person who like who like they they either post a lot of selfies or they post like every single meal. Like yeah. I remember at the yeah at my Christmas dinner, it was like the the food was like the paparazzi arrived. Like there was so many sampling <laughs> pictures being snapped of it. I was furious about it. <laughs> my my older brother, who's probably not listening to the show right now, always takes pictures of food. Like always. Always, always. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I take pictures time. of food, but I don't post it anywhere. No, I think you usually just send it to me. What do you do? What do, you, do? you keep the, you keep them for your private portfolio? Like, what, what do you <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got some. I got some pictures on my phone of some food. I send it to Liz, I guess, because she appreciates it. I do. I do appreciate it. Um, so, anyways, I thought that was interesting. The whole Facebook thing, just because I feel like it's changed so much because of Facebook. It's probably just, like, more out in the open. Um, then this other story that I found super amusing that I think... <laughs> I'm wondering if you, you guys will even have anything to say. But... Come on! Once is enough. Come on. <laughs> so there's, this, <laughs> there's a new super group that was just formed, and it's called... Oh, it's not them? Sorry. No. Has nothing That'd to be do amazing with if they were involved. Zero to do with them. So the supergroup is called The Art of Anarchy, um, and it's featuring Scott Weiland and members of Disturbed and Guns N' Roses. That's the new supergroup. There needs to be a word for like just Super? reformed groups. Over the, okay. just like, this is a group. It, this is a group that's doing a thing. This is like a yeah. new media group. Wait, so, do you, yeah, you don't think it's a super group? You just think it's a group? No, it's like a mediocre like a group. group. To me. <laughs> it's, you know what, Liz, it's like the Foo Fighters. Um, I don't yeah. like the Foo Fighters. Yeah, we don't like the so Foo Fighters I. around this point. Yeah, this is, <laughs> we're already on record on this being a non-Foo Fighters show. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we, can yeah, we just tell something? Because there's three of us, and there'll be a majority. Which is better, Foo Fighters or Nirvana? Yeah, we've had this. We've had this debate before, and you're both wrong. Poof. No. I mean, 
spend another hour talking about why Nirvana is better than Foo Fighters, but we don't. That's, this is not the show that we're doing tonight. And I don't want the world to see me. I'm just going to say that that song is better than any Foo Fighters song. Oh, man. Yeah. That song's better than any Foo Fighters song. I don't think Bold so. words, Chamberlain. I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know. Well, that's all I have for you guys. I, that's, that's pretty hey, much. but if you I like was... two chords and monochrome C, then yeah, Foo Fighters. Bad lyrics, Foo Fighters, yeah. Foo Fighters. Everybody. You know. Everybody. You know so that is a way better than Nirvana. I'm just saying. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> You're just, are you just booing for effect? <laughs> yeah, I should probably play this instead. Yeah. Calvin. Yeah. yeah, not at me, at Calvin, for sure. Yeah, at Calvin. Yeah. Here's the problem: is that you guys are both like 14, so you you, you yeah. weren't around for the greatness of Nirvana. You are you are you grew, you grew up, legit, you grew like, up in a time of music. No Foo Fighters, way. Born that's that was the music of your high school years. You probably, you probably like yeah, you probably like Lincoln Park. You probably also think Lincoln Park was better than Nirvana. It's just Ugh, it's just the fault. Gross. Of time no, Lincoln Park. Race. You know what, Calvin? I'll give you that. Nirvana is better than Lincoln Park. I think I that's the first time I've ever said Nirvana is better than ever. Well. Nirvana is better than. Nirvana is better than what? Coldplay. Nirvana is better than Three Doors Down. Nirvana is better than what? What's that other band up there in Canada? Foo Fighters are barely better than Three Doors Down. Just for the record. Don't make this about your hatred for Nirvana. Make this about the fact that the Foo Fighters are a terrible band. They're not. You have a whole bunch of really new stuff. They're really no, bad. They're band. not really yeah. bad. Liz, really I think in honor of this, we need to uh, upload some Foo Fighters to the board. Yeah, I'm going to upload some. little right. monkey wrench, yeah. maybe? That might be my last monkey week of the wrench? show. <laughs> I mean, Calvin, Calvin did point out that the lyrics in Foo Fighters songs are, are terrible. And it kind of ruined a lot of Foo Fighters songs for me. But I really do don't, like Foo Fighters better than Nirvana. Don't want to be your monkey wrench, Liz. Yeah, that's that. a great lyric. That's a great lyric. <laughs> yeah, don't feed into it. Don't give him any. <laughs> you know what? There goes it, my. It, Dave Grohl doesn't know how to sing. That's all. He doesn't have a range. All right, all right, all right. That's it, Liz. Oh, Liz, Liz, we're gonna right, we're gonna let you go. Liz, we're gonna let you go here. That's that's it. That's it. You just miss a circle band. That's all. I'm dismissing you. Okay, fine. <laughs> all right, bye, guys. See what I did there? All right, thank you, Liz. And one more time. Calvin, there goes my hero, Liz Ferola. Yeah. Yeah, but by the way, that line gets, gets followed up by watch him as he goes. Really? It's like, <laughs> watch watch her. Watch her as she goes. There goes. Okay. No, my point is that's how bad of a lyricist he is. He just repeated the same line in a redundant way. Watch him as he goes. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm a creepy stalker. I'm just going to watch my hero again. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Or maybe it's because he has, like, a million people that like him. You know who? You know what? CLNS Radio also has a million people that like us. Well, they've at least listened to us. Because we had a million listeners uh, over the past few months. And 
it's actually pretty exciting uh, and we're really happy about it. So if you want to keep helping us grow and get to the two million listeners, head on over to clnsradio.com slash patrons and uh, check out all of the great stuff going on over there. You can learn about our free mobile app, which is on Android and iOS. So if you've got an iPhone uh, or an Android device, you can download our mobile app. Uh, and more importantly, check out what you can can get if you just sign up for our Patreon program. Uh, you can get some wonderful memorabilia. We have giveaways, Bill Russell autographs. Uh, there's a Sam Jones ball. And of course, the highly coveted CLNS Radio, the V-neck t-shirt. So head on over to clnsradio.com slash patrons and uh, check out all the different levels that you can sign up for. And while you're at it, that should take you just a few minutes. Go over to lynda.com because you heard about it at the beginning of the show. And just like Sean was saying, maybe actually, Calvin, maybe you didn't hear about it. That was a pretty quiet read, huh? Yeah, it was. I just spent the last four minutes sneezing, so I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Oh, great. Well, I'm talking about the Linda read at the beginning of the show, you silly, silly man. Um, uh, I got some hardcore sneezes, man. <laughs> the bottom line is that you can get a 10-day free trial to lynda.com through CLNS Radio. So go to lynda.com slash CLNS. And whether you're just trying to figure out what your financial situation is going to be for the next few months or years, or you want to set some goals for that, you want to find a work-life balance, which is something that sounds great to me right now. I don't know what the hell is going on with my job. And if any of my coworkers are listening right now, don't ask me about it. Uh, Lynda.com can help me and it can help you. So head on over to lynda.com slash CLNS radio. That's L Y N D A.com slash CLNS radio. All right, Calvin, do you want to round this show out by discussing a little more basketball, maybe some Los Angeles Lakers talk? God forbid. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw the article. Well, actually, I do know you saw the article because I sent it to you. But um, there was an article on, on NBA. On, I'm sorry, on ESPN, where uh, Kobe Bryant was talking about how he's, you know, even though John Rondo went to Dallas, he's not done recruiting him, and that he's not going to stop recruiting him until he signs this new contract. Which, like to me, the most interesting note about that fact is. Now he's he's kind of tactically admitting that that breakfast they had the other day that they all made such a non-issue of, and, oh, this is just us friends having breakfast. Apparently not. Apparently he was recruiting Rondo at that time. Yep, there you right? go. I mean, so, well, yeah. so here's the thing, that people in Boston look at it and say, oh, Rondo, he wants to talk to Kobe Bryant, and they make it all about Rondo because that's what we do around here. We make it all about us, Calvin, if you haven't noticed. We make it all about the Boston player. They make it all about the New England Patriots. It's all about the the Red Sox or the Bruins. Nobody cared to think that maybe Kobe Bryant was the one saying, I want Rajon Rondo, not Rondo. That's why it was so hard for people, included, I think, to to look at it as a cordial uh, just breakfast that that was between two friends uh, that – or, or actually, I'm sorry. That's why I made it so easy 
it like that because we were saying, oh, Rondo doesn't want to co- recruit Kobe Bryant. He might, might, it must just be like a friend thing, you know? But obviously, Kobe's coming out and admitting that uh, he was trying to talk to Rondo and get him to want to come to the Lakers after this year, regardless of where he was. Yeah, I, that's that's a weird thought to me. I'm just trying to process that because obviously, like, obviously Rondo was the one who was going to be a free agent and Kobe's making more money than anyone in the league, and he's obviously the, you know, well, I don't know why he would leave the Lakers in that scenario, but I just think it's funny because, one, like, doesn't the NBA have rules about tampering? Like, Kobe can come out and say, like, not, I want Not between players, they don't. There's no tampering rules between players. As far as I know, I think players can say whatever they want. It's it's just the management and coaching and executives that cannot say anything about players. Uh, do you do you think that rule should be changed? Because is, in in effect, isn't Kobe almost a de facto GM of the Lakers? Like, especially like we 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 look at player movement in the NBA. Like it's all and, it's all being driven by players, right? Like, like uh, yeah. And it, if you're looking over the next. Three years, then yes, he really is because if the Lakers are counting on him to to fulfill his contract obligations and be a player to rely on, then obviously he's going to be a guy that has some say in who he's playing with. I I just think, I think it's weird that uh, when it's just funny to me that at the time they were playing, he was denying it, and like it was a you know some people were saying it's not a big deal, some people were saying like you know. Kobe's trying to recruit Rondo, like, Rondo, Rondo, you shouldn't be having breakfast with Kobe. Like, even, it's, it's just interesting to look back at that and see, like, even at that time, like, Rondo was already preparing for his free agency during the middle of last season. I mean, this season. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what that breakfast was. Kobe having a business meeting with Rashawn Rondo. It's like, we, he, he basically admitted to that now. So if that's the case, how, how committed, just goes back to, like, my thoughts on, like, how you as a Celtics fan should feel about Rondo, you know, considering the things that have come out since he's made that move. It's like, do you, do you give credit to the guy for being so honest about like what was going on in Boston? Or do you like blame him for not caring more? You know what I mean? I will always choose the latter on that one. I will always blame Rajon for not caring more, whether, whether it be, uh, because he just, just didn't seem to have any enthusiasm for the game when it, he knew the team wasn't going to be good or whether it, he was just always sort of blase with the, the media and you had to write it off as Rondo being Rondo. Uh, I just, I will always say that I wish he'd cared more because that to me, Calvin, that's always been his biggest flaw. If he cared more, if he tried his hardest every night, and I, I know not, but there's probably no NBA player that can say they try their hardest every single night, game in, game out. But if he, if he cared more, I, I, I think he could be an un, another worldly player. And maybe he's proven me wrong by going to Dallas and being in a situation. And make, he's making the team a little bit better, I think. But his superstar is fading a little bit. He doesn't look like that type of player, but I just have always thought that through those years where he just didn't seem to care very much, if he did care, he would have been on top of the league. Yeah, I mean, I 
it is it is a weird thing to speculate about. I I hear what you're saying, but I but I almost feel like like how much you care is like to to a weird uh, degree. It's like an element of how talented you are. You know what I mean? Like that that's part of who you are as as a basketball player. Is like who you are as a person. Like you can't you you can't force a guy who naturally cares less to care more because that's. That's part of like we you know like caring about basketball. You either do or you don't. Like you can try to pretend and you can force it for maybe a short period of time and you can have a run. But like, why guys like you know I, I saw it with Bynum, like a guy who physically had a lot of skills. Even Shaq, like Shaq had more physical skills than anyone. You can argue could, should have been the greatest player of all time, but he didn't care that much about it. You know, and I, th- I think that's just part of it. All right, Calvin. Well, I think we should end the show at that, and I will also leave it. Leave you guys with this: uh, the, the article that you sent me about this Kobe Bryant Rajon Rondo, Rondo discussion uh, was from Baxter Holmes, who's on ESPN, and uh, he's a he's a Boston guy at heart. He started here, so I just wanted to sort of give a little shout out to him at Baxter Holmes on Twitter. And with that, he also, ladies and gentlemen, has tweeted in the past three days that Kobe wants to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. So thank you, Kobe. I guess maybe we have to warm up to him a little bit now, Calvin. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I should go a little colder on Kobe. Uh, maybe know, you should go a little colder, colder on Kobe. But yeah. apparently Kobe stopped as he was leaving the facility a few days ago when the, uh, Seattle Green Bay game was on television and uh, somebody asked him about the Super Bowl and he said I want to see Brady get another one so there's you know that for you Calvin you know it's funny I don't I don't hate the Patriots in a vacuum I mean obviously the, the tracks have done pretty well against the Patriots over the last right you know over, over this current era but sure. I feel like they work so they work so hard in denying Brady and Belichick a fourth ring I don't. I wouldn't. I don't want him to like end up getting that fourth thing anyway. You know, that's all. So it's you're rooting like hard, hard for Seattle then. Okay, into that more next week. Uh, probably on our regular night at our regular time. Maybe not. Maybe we'll change our regular night and time. Who knows? But until then, have a great night, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Go Patriots. Even though we have more to talk about, go Celtics. Go Lakers for that matter. Go Lakers. I hope they. They win some games out there. Yeah, I bet you make, do. Yeah, I hope they win some games. They make Rondo think that it's a good place to go. Rondo and Kobe for the next three years. That's what you have, Calvin. Good night, sir. Good night, everyone.
You ever been in a bar fight? Can't wait. Yeah, buddy.